Hey everybody, Brian Boyle here and welcome to another episode of Run Painless, Run Ageless. I am your host and if you are just joining us for the first time, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being here as well. And if you uh, uh, if you haven't uh, already, you know, gone, gone back, I would encourage you to go back to episode one, uh, the very first episode, a little bit more about who I am as a doctor of physical therapy, as a runner, why you should take my advice, and uh, uh, and what you're going to find on this program. Uh, you know, it's going to go a lot more into detail with that, and I think you'll find it, uh, you know, a a good listen as it is. Uh, and if you have been here before, I appreciate you as always coming back. Thank you very much. If you have any questions, you can email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at company5k.com. I've got folks calling in from all over the world uh, and leaving messages on here on anchor.fm. I've got other folks that are sending emails from all over the world, uh, so I appreciate it. Keep those emails coming in, and I do try and get back to you within about uh, 24 hours. Uh, it's not always possible, but uh, but do understand that if you send me an email uh, and it gets into my inbox, I will respond to to you, I get the you know the number of folks that are like, oh, I didn't think you were going to respond. I do respond. So if you've got a question, let me know, right? And if it's something that uh, is pertinent to everybody, I'll put it on in the episode. All right, and we'll, we'll give it, give it in its own episode. But uh, uh, today is also Global Running Day. It is uh, June fifth, twenty nineteen. It's Global Running Day. I, I think it's uh, um, kind of interesting that every. You know that it has its own day. I think you know, Global Running Day is uh, is every day, right? Um, but you know, with 365 days in a year, and everybody needs awareness or cause uh, for their cause, it is what it is, right? So today happens to be Global Running Day. So happy Global Running Day, and tomorrow, and the next day, and all 365 days of the year uh, as well. But uh, but enough on that. Uh, today I want to talk to you about what I used to call, and it wasn't even just me, right? Everybody used to call long, slow distance, or the acronym LSD. Now, I'm guessing somewhere somebody got politically correct and said, "We can't call that LSD because that'll encourage, uh, you know, psychotropic drug use." And so many people are going out in the streets and buying LSD now. Um, and because of it, so we better call it now low intensity steady state training or running lists. Low intensity steady state running. What in the crap is that? I, you know, again, I, I guess it sounds more scientific than long slow distance. Uh, you know, figuring that if, if you're going to charge more for for coaching and things, that calling it long slow distance just isn't flashy enough. So low intensity steady state training sounds flashier. I get it, you know, and to a degree, I don't know, um, whatever it is. But where this is coming from, Runner's World had an article uh, by Kay Alicia Fetters on June 3rd of this year, and it's called Why You Might Need More Low-Intensity Steady State Training in Your Running Program. I'm going to go on a limb and say why you need definitely need more low intensity steady state running or long slow distance in your training program okay uh than anything else and here's the reason why right so in this article it does a really nice job about talking about a number of different things uh, you know they talk to a, some some authors and runners coaches uh, matt fitzgerald uh, probably the, the highest you know name that you'd recognize um or the biggest name and, and a good uh, a good guy. He's written a book, uh, eighty twenty. Um, you know, and kind of talks about it. Although it's funny, they don't really 
ask him about <laughs> the, the uh, long, slow distance. Uh, he just kind of has a, a passing forethought in the, in the beginning of the article. But, but uh, um, you know, irregardless, I can assure you that myself and I don't want to say millions of others, but probably, I mean, you know, figure how many people run, right? If, if you figure that 100 million people in the world run out of 7 billion people, uh, probably a million people, you know, maybe even more, have tried at some point in their training career to run high-intensity workouts every single run, right? And I get it, right? If you're, if you are crunched for time, if you are a, uh, you know, uh, a professional, you know, you've got family, you've got, uh, you know, other things that you need to get taken care of during the day, and you only have a set amount of time. Okay, you, you maybe only have 30 minutes on a lunch break or you've got, uh, you know, before the kids wake up or, you know, before you've got to go over to your parents' house to help with them. You know, again, you may only have that amount of time. And so it does become very tempting, right? Tempting is probably a really good word. Very tempting to try and crush every single workout because you're like, hey, I've got to maximize my effort in a short amount of time, and so I'm just going to run, uh, you know, 30 minutes, and I'm going to try and run, you know, six miles at that five-minute pace, and eh, maybe not that, right, but, but you know, trying to get as fast as possible, um, you know, every single training program, or every single training day, and it just never works out. I've been there, I've done that, uh, I did that for four years in college, uh, was burnt out almost the entire time. As a matter of fact, after I got out of college, I gave up running for a year. I mean, no lie, I gave up running for a year, basically remembered why I loved running, fell back in love with running, and then got back into running uh, after that year's hiatus, call it sabbatical, that year's sabbatical from running, uh, and then actually knew what to do because I was coaching myself and, and knew I couldn't race every weekend and run every run fast, um, you know, and actually started seeing improvements in my times, all right, also started not being injured as much and then, you know, incorporated the same philosophy into my coaching clients today, right, where we allow for more recovery, we allow for these effects to occur in the long, slow distance realm, you know, probably the majority of the time, right? That that 70 to 80% of the time, uh, maybe even up to 90%, depending on what you're training for, okay? Uh, sometimes of the year, it's, it's 100%, right? Because of the fact that, uh, uh, you know, there is no, you know, you're just building a base and there is no reason to run fast, okay? Other than to, you know, just because of timing, right? Because of the fact that you're like, hey, I only have like a half hour worth of time and I need to get my miles in. Uh, you know, if if I need to run four miles or five miles on this day and I only have a, a short amount of time, uh, you know, it becomes very tempting because you're like, oh crap, I've only got like, shoot, I've only got uh, 20, 25 minutes, but if I run at, uh, you know, at six minute pace, then I can definitely get four minute, four miles in, but if but if I run at uh, uh, at eight minute pace, shoot, that's only gonna get me three. So I'm gonna, you know, like, oh, and, and so it becomes tempting, right? I mean, we, we have to literally give this stuff up, uh, you know, to, to say, you know, what should I do 
in this situation. And when I say give this stuff up, I mean, it's like you have to give up something, right? Uh, you know, so you're, you're kind of juggling in the air what you're trying to do. And so it becomes very tempting to try and run fast for something that should be done slow. Um, so in the, in the article, they, they do a really nice job talking about ventilatory thresholds. And VT1, or the first ventilatory threshold, is the intensity at which lactate rises above resting levels, but isn't going into that lactic acid buildup and isn't going into the uh, anaerobic state or the, the area which you're not having any oxygen. So this is the time when you're running and you're able to talk. Okay, you should be able to talk, uh, and they say that, you know a rough estimate is about about seventy eight percent of your max heart rate. Now, when I say rough estimate, right? I mean it seems pretty exact, but the reality of it is is that it's it's kind of like saying the number two twenty minus your age is your maximum heart rate, and yet we know that that's well great, um, you know, to to say as kind of a, a generic something that a starting point the reality of it is, is it's all across the board okay it's absolutely all across the board and depends on your conditioning level and, and how much conditioning you have okay for somebody that's pretty well deconditioned that may be an excellent starting point for somebody that's been training for a number of years that's probably an absolutely lousy starting point 220 money is your age so you know if we say that 78 percent of your maximal heart rate Okay, uh, you know, is the VT1, you know, if you know anything about training, most folks have considered for a long, long time anywhere between 60 to 80% of your maximal heart rate to be the training zone. Okay, uh, so in somebody that is newer to running and into endurance exercise, that could be a much lower heart rate than that 78% of max heart rate. Uh, it could also be around 78. Um, you know, somebody that is been training for an excessive amount of time, it might be a little bit higher. Okay, they might be able to push their heart rate for, you know, a little bit higher and still be comfortable, you know, pushing it into 80, 85% of, uh, of your maximal heart rate and still be comfortable in that running. So again, this is a loose, loose guide in this, this article, but it's an interesting article because they do have a, they do a pretty good job of, of, you know, of, of kind of explaining these things in the sense of they've highlighted them, but I don't think they do a really great job of explaining it, right? Uh, and especially the, the hey, you should imperatively be doing more of this running. Uh, VT2, the, the second ventilatory threshold, okay, this is where we get into anaerobic threshold or lactate threshold. And this is where lactic acid begins to build up. This is where you are using other things besides oxygen, okay, to power the body. And this is anywhere between 85 to 95% of your maximal heart rate, um, you know, again, the more trained you are, okay, the higher than, you know, the heart rate may be, okay, um, you know, but again, this is the, this is the, the short duration activity where you can't go much further, okay, um, you know, so this is like distances less than 5k if you're really running these hard, okay, so the mile, two mile, um, you know, if, if you're doing the 3000 on a track, you know, those sorts of things where you're like, all right, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is probably going to push into that 
anaerobic state at some point. Um, you know, your 5Ks, again, depending on what level you're running them at, can be anaerobic. You know, if you're, if you're going, you know, sub 13, uh, I don't care who you are, um, you know, you're going anaerobic at some point, okay? If you're, if you're running 430 miles, um, you know, you're going anaerobic at some point, okay? Like I said, I don't care who you are. But for the most case, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, ultra, all right, this is going to be done somewhere around that that lower steady state. So the reality of it is, is that you don't need to do as much as much lactic acid or lactate threshold training, okay, as you would if you were doing something in a smaller, you know, the, the lower distances, right? So what we talk about, uh, you know, is that, um, you know, they talked about your ability to store glycogen, so carbs in the liver and muscles increases in the lower state or the low, long, slow distance. Uh, it also strengthens your slow twitch muscles and transports oxygen more effectively. Now, again, you, you know, to go back, you need both, right? If you are trying to run fast, but the majority of your training, especially once you get 10K and above, okay, is going to take place, or the majority of your race is going to take place closer to that 80% threshold. So you need to train more, obviously. So when we talk about having a reason for doing everything that you do, this is where it comes from, right? I think man, there's too many people that use their time, their demands in the day. Uh, you know, it's like I've got to do something, you know, to to push that day versus actually having it planned out and saying the night before, you know, when you go to bed, you've got the day planned out for tomorrow and you, you know that you're going to stick to this training program, trust the process, um, you know, you've got your whole week mapped out. If something comes of it and you just can't get to it, one day is never going to ruin you. Okay, I've never, ever had one day ruin my life, you know, in the sense of uh, missing a training or... Uh, even though I felt that way, I felt like, oh man, I missed today. I'm getting it's going to ruin me, um, or I didn't put that nice round number in my training log, or I didn't have the ability to get to whatever. It's never ruined me. Okay, and as a matter of fact, what I've always found is that the days that I didn't, that I didn't. Okay, and this is important. The days that I didn't do something. Okay, were usually a blessing in disguise. Right? It was usually. Uh, I needed the rest anyway. It was usually that something would have come of it. Um, you know, I was pushing too hard. I was too obsessed with the training, whatever it may be. And you may find this yourself. Okay. So reality of it is, is that one day can't make or break you. Multiple days in a row, over weeks, months, years, absolutely can. But one day in a training cycle is not going to break you. So do not get into this. Hey, I've got to run fast and I'm going to continue to run fast. I'm going to continue to run fast because I'm pressed for time this week or two weeks. Okay. You know, get it to the point where you say, Hey, you know what? I have a half hour. I'm going to run my long, slow distance. Okay. Um, you know, and, and this is, this is when we talk about this, this should be more than like, you know, probably four to five days a week. All right. If you are running six days a week, you'll have one day of, you know, of interval training or lactate threshold training, you know, and then maybe, you know, uh, another, 
day of some tempo runs where you're kind of doing some pickups, uh, you know, and, 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 and you know, speeding up a little bit and then slowing down, speeding up a little bit, slowing down. Um, but it's not necessarily like a full on interval session. Okay. That would be a, a six day a week program. I wouldn't suggest anybody run seven days a week. There are some folks that do run seven days a week. Uh, you better be a biomechanical specimen if you do. Uh, I would encourage folks to take two days off a week. If you, if you don't take any more than one day off a week, at least take that one day off a week. And this does not include going into then trying to do something crazy on that day off. Um, you know, that's an actual rest day. And I've talked about this in other episodes. You can go back and check those out. No big deal. Um, but you know, this is, this is the reason why your, your low intensity work is necessary. Okay. It's physiologically better for you. Your body can adapt to it. Uh, you know, you can run longer for longevity's sake. If we're running for health, uh, even better for you while, you know, yes, running fast has its benefits. Okay. It does fatigue you much faster. It does increase the risk of uh, of injury, it does increase all sorts of issues. Okay, um, you know that uh, that can come of this. So, so the the basic recommendation here, okay, is that you should be incorporating this more so than not into your training. Okay, and then you know, especially if you're building up mileage. Okay, and, and this is the the kind of the the mileage building phase if you are going into a race and you're trying to set a pr then we add more of the tempo runs the lactate threshold the intervals those sorts of things but again having a purpose for those having a set day for those with lots of time off so that means that you maybe do a monday and then possibly a thursday and then or maybe you run a saturday race as a tempo run Okay, uh, not necessarily to PR, but to basically just have others around you to pace you and do something. Okay, um, you know, and that can certainly be very beneficial. And again, I've talked about this in other episodes, but uh, but you know, that could be the nice way of doing that. And then you have a day off, um, you know, on a Sunday, and then you know, or you take your day off, you know, Friday, uh, right before the race or your tempo run. You do the tempo run. You know, that Saturday, you run Sunday, run Monday, maybe Tuesday's your interval day. Again, whatever works best for you. And this is where working with a coach can really be a benefit, okay? Uh, because of that, uh, that, you know, it takes some of the guesswork out of this and you can see the long-term picture versus if you're in it daily. You know, sometimes it's tough to see the long-term and that's where that, that coach can really give you a vision to say, all right, the long-term versus today. Uh, sometimes when you're so far into it, uh, you know, and you only see today, you're so focused about today, uh, it's tough to see what happens eight weeks, 12 weeks, you know, 16 weeks out. Um, so again, just, just some things to think about, but I really think that it's more to the, to the point that you need this long, slow distance and not might want to consider it. Okay. So hopefully you find some value in this. If you do, please leave some comments, uh, you know, go back and review, leave a review on whatever you know site you're listening to this on, whether it's, uh, uh you know, the, uh, the iTunes, whether it's Spotify, uh, you know, you name it, wherever you are at anchor.fm. I appreciate you being here. Until next time, uh, again, if you have questions, send them to me, brian at company 
5k.com. That's the number 5k.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at company5k.com. And I'll be happy to get back to you. And until next time, thanks for being here.